Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Loud and Proud podcast, your weekly dose of the Loud and Proud podcast. And if you want more, you can get more on patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm disgusted after last night's loss, Ireland's loss to Luxembourg. Um, I know Loud have had bad losses in the past recent years. Like, like if, you, if you're going to compare it, you can compare it to the, um, the Carlo losses. And if you're fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to be in Carrick and Shannon, that Leitrim loss, both under Pete McGrath's reign in 2018, they were just horrendous, like, in terms of, similar to Ireland against Luxembourg. You know you're kind of a little bit off the pace. You know you're kind of uh, in a bad situation in terms of playing person, play, playing a lot of personnel that you don't know or don't are yet to be known similar to Stephen Kenny and it's kind of like it's fallen on him in the Ireland sense because there's a clusterfuck of all the um, the stuff that went on beforehand so he's going to get all the blame that's mainly why I feel very bad now wouldn't be a Madden Dog fan or anything like that but you can just you, you sense that he's a good man and he did great things down there and now he's going to be the fall guy for all that kind of lack of youth development the swindling of John Delaney um, all that sort of is coming to crooks, and then it, it's a big. It results in shock results, no production line coming through, and uh, yeah. So that that's that, that's just really it was really awful to see that last night. And I suppose being a loud fan, you're kind of used to it, but you do get big defeats like that Carlo one when in a couple of seasons previously we took well care of them in in the same venue in Port Leash under Colin Kelly. I think we got three twenty four that day. But um, it it just shows like under management and under kind of personnel, it's kind of it's about getting the players to 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 do their to do their stuff. Like, it's a tough one for a manager because if um if if things are going right, it's the players to get all the plaudits, and if things go wrong, it's the manager. The manager gets very little credit, and um, when he has good players or has bad players, it's just when. Gets all the kind of the book stops with him, and it's kind of stopping with Kenny. But people have kind of short term memories. And look at <coughs> doing a bit of research on the uh, strategic review. I was, I was looking at the players. I'm going to have that podcast out. Should be out this week on Patreon of the mental players that played for Loud down the years. And to me, this kind of era. I know I know I mentioned Pete McGrath's reign, but Pete McGrath wouldn't have has, had as many kind of. Um, like players that have been blooded in from nowhere, um, although he is a lot now, but not none compared to. Uh, I I would probably compare it to uh, to Val Andrews reign, Loud's reign under Val Andrews. Um, Stephen Kenny is kind of an out there thinker. He's a, kind of a, an alternative kind of pick for the role, considering he came from League of Ireland. Val Andrews was similar in his circumstance, being picked for Loud. Probably two men that can be compared that they. Uh, are brilliant at what they do, but necessarily don't get the respect that they deserve from, say, critics. Uh, I know it's easy to say you're not going to get um, respect for your critics, but it's kind of like they are. They had to do it the hard way. They came kind of unorthodox ways of, of getting to the top. And Val with Trilly IT and getting in with Loud then, and Stephen Kenny obviously with Dundalk getting to the getting to the big gig as Ireland uh, international manager. And it's similar in, I remember that, that 2004 game, Val was in there for 2004 and 2005, 
And I remember that game against Wexford and there were so many players, like even the whole league campaign as well. They played more in the league, but I was just counting the championship players. And it, it, let me see here. I, I think, the, yeah, it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 debutants in his first season uh, started or came on against Wexford that day. Yeah, I always remember that in Parnell Park against Matty Ford. He was superb and he was being well marked by Simon Gerrard at the time as well. And it, it's just similar, like you're throwing, you're throwing everyone like the, you're throwing lads in to do jobs that you don't necessarily know. Like Paddy Keenan was on the wing that day, Paddy Mallon was at the half, um, Darren Clark was only coming in. These lads are just making their way into the game. They nearly need to be coming into a well-established setup, similar to the, the young guys in the Ireland setup. Uh, and you didn't get that. And then the following year again, we got dumped out by Offaly and. Uh, and Navin, I remember that. And there was more debutants. There were six more debutants that season. So Val was just trying everyone and anyone that would come along. And he didn't get uh, buy-ins from players as well. Lads didn't come in. And then they did come in on board for the qualifier runs as well. Similar to Kenny, he's not getting the, the look of the rub of the green in terms of injuries, players being called up and coming up and doing the job. And then you're trying to play a different style of football. You're trying to get away from it. And then... It's very hard to enforce all that when you're not winning and very hard to enforce that when you can't get kind of the rubber the green and you're, you're in in, my, in one sense Val was trying to do too much too soon. He's trying to implement these things and he's a far right kind of tinker and he's good crack and he he was a great character of the game. Similar to Kenny, he's coming in, he's trying to play different formations for, for Ireland. And they're used to playing that that Dero football, but then they're not getting the results. And it was similar to, to Loud in those days. Because I always remember one of the best performances in that qualifier run around that time was uh, Loud against Galway. And uh, JP Rooney was double-marked at times. He was just sensational uh, in that run. Uh, Shane McCoy as well, goalkeeper, was tr- like I think he won Loud Player of the Year that year on the back of that performance. He's outstanding. So just comparisons there between the timing of things. In, in my opinion, you've probably heard me say this on the podcast before, management for me is all about timing. Coming in at the right time. And uh, coming in at the right time, uh, you see at club level when, when a, a club is just on the cusp, you just maybe need a few little tweaks or maybe a club has potential there and they can be they can be brought on a journey and then you've other teams there that could just get a good bollocking for a year and just turn them, shift them up into a top opposition and they, and they go and win it. But to me it's t- it's time and the players have to be there, there has to be a right age profile, there has to be that experience level, there has to be that kind of hunger in the group as well, where you have lads that haven't won anything and you have young lads that are used to winning stuff. All those sort of combinations, all those old cliches come into it. Um, similar to that, just just like just like what I'm saying in that um, Val Andrews, yeah, I'm comparing Val Andrews's reign in 2004-2005 to, to Ireland's current reign at the moment. So that's an unusual start to the Sunday night ramble. I hope I hope uh, you, you you followed that. And if you didn't, if you didn't or don't, do get in touch with me. And we, we'll trash it out. But I will have more on the all the players that played for Loud because I went back and did a deep dive and looked at all the players that played championship football for Loud over the years since this millennium, since two thousand. And I can tell you, there was only what was there? There was only one Hunterstown man. There was only two Roach men. Uh, Hape of Cooley and. Mark and the Pats and who else? Yeah, recent years as well. We have big ones, but there's one Westerners man as well, and that Westerners man, um, Tommy Doran, he got denied his transfer during the week. It was uh, 
it was kind of yeah it was put to bed I'll have a transfer podcast as well get more into depth on who did get through and who didn't get through and all the others but um, yeah where does that leave Tommy now will it be sour blood between the club and now will it be sour blood with the county board not letting him go will he go outside the county will he sit out this year um, all will be I suppose all will be shown in the, next, in the coming months in the summer if there is that uh, if there is something happening I know the government announced that uh, well, yeah, not, not the Northern Ireland executive have announced that the twelfth of April, um, down in the north, but the six counties in the north will be able to play train at club level. It doesn't mean Antrim can train away, but I suppose you hear the are we we know down got in trouble already, um, so they'll be able to get back to club level. The GA have authorised, yeah, that's fair enough. They can do. It. I don't know, like, there's no chance. I know there'll be an announcement in the fifth of April that. Uh, the the up the kind of up them upcoming review on the on the COVID regulation. I can't see it being dropped down to level three to get let, let club. Uh, I don't think they're going to let the elite level back in the GA to let them back train. Uh, I presume they'll all still have their vests and they'll all be training away. Like when we chatted to Conor Grimes a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago now probably, and he was saying that as well. What will the implications be? They're saying in the GA in that statement that there will be summer football planned ahead and it will be really good to see and we'll be hoping to plan towards a meaningful club and county season. For me, that, that looks like it's going to be kind of... I can't see it this half of the year. can't see it being June. So I, unless it push, pushes into July, August, uh, inter-county championships and then September, October, November, inter-county. Oh, sorry, club... Club championships, I can't see there being a league in 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 uh, both. Maybe you might get a league in club, but I can't see it being. I can't. I can't unless you get unless you play league football in December. But then you're going to be rolling. You're going to be s- squeezed into following year as well. So no, gee, have a big big problem. And time is dwindling, and it's just it's just not happening quick enough for them. Um, and then the focus then <clears throat> for me and myself, it it looks like the underage is going to get. That's been kind of earmarked that it's going to get the go ahead and I think that's I think that's brilliant because they're all in school anyway you look at you look at all the young lads and young girls they're all in school anyway sharing a classroom indoors what harm would outdoors be no harm whatsoever and it's all about social school anyway the way the way you're looking at the kids going in they're not going in and being enthused about the learning some are obviously they are they get simulated by that but it's more the social aspect because they were learning at home and the home school and what have you by themselves or with their parents or their siblings and once you get, the, I, like, I think it'll be brilliant for kind of communities as well to see their the youth getting their chance, getting the youth get the, getting them back first because it'll make it more appreciate of it. I I seen James O'Connor during the week says that uh, it'll like I don't he doesn't worry that much about the effects of the COVID long term. I know Tomas O'Shea yesterday was very down on on the, the impacts of COVID, but James, you were saying that they'll. They'll absolutely appreciate more than all. Similar to myself, like when we get back, I know last year was tough, and you had the championships and that and all in Darver. But like my God, when when it does get back, people will really be appreciate of it. And then once to see the kids getting back first, they'll be delighted for the kids because it's really all about them. It's all about them going forward. Maybe it's similar to last year, getting the split season pushed and getting the championship rolled off at club and county. Maybe it'll, it'll it'll focus everything in the club's intentions to kids where it should be and getting that participation level up and getting them all down to socialise and have the crack in the communities rather than, say, driving to small towns to play rugby or soccer 
with uh, different parts of the community. Look at Diamond GA podcast. That's my thoughts on it as well. And and just with that underage focus, I'm going to be like it's it's I'm going to have to shift my focus on the podcast as well to look at the, like it's going to do probably if the games do get to go ahead at that underage level, it's going to be the most hotly anticipated minor championship ever. Um, underage, you looking at under six, under fifteen, under fourteens, under twelves, all those underage players, underage teams, there'll be big emphasis on them because um, it might be the only football we have. Or training games might become really really. Uh, valuable because Jesus I don't know when the last time I've seen a real life game of football but um, yeah uh, just a couple of other things here I have to finish with and uh, that was a big I hope, I hope you're still trying to get through that Val, Val Andrews and Stephen Kenny uh, Ireland loud rain comparison <laughs> um, but yeah I suppose yeah you're going to the games you're going to the, you're going to uh, meet all these people and then news struck me during the week I heard Colin Corrigan on the radio um announced the death of or the passing of Christy Carney from the O'Connell's Club and he's one of these people you meet every like every time you go in it's probably I was at the Grove in uh, the start of the championship last year when the, when the games were allowed to play in a limited number of spectators Annaminen played uh, Glide Rangers in the Grove no sorry it's Dowdles Hill and uh, Christy was there as usual, standing at the gate, the gate man, and a great, great fella, very quiet. Um, like always, you know, you have to have a chat with Christy every time you go in to say who you were and what have you. But uh, of everything, like a gentleman, but he, he typified the uh, volunteerism in the GA. Just did his did his uh, work, no fuss. Came in and helped out, give up his own time. Um, really behind a great club there, and and then. You see that he got great. You, see, you could see how how loved he was and how well respected he was after uh, after the the death accord and the notices came out. So, yeah, I just yeah, I wish the family all the best um, and my condolences because Christy was one of one of a kind, very quiet, very very special club man. I'd be miss he he'd be one of those familiar faces you're gonna miss turn up to two games. So you go on then, and you, you you're you're looking now. I'm gonna just get back to the underage and uh, what have you. During the week, of Joe Farley on for Farley Career uh, uh, Guidance Counselor from the Ollie School, and a really good chat with um, Joe. Um, if you're if you're a minor or you're underage player, you're still in school, you're doing your leaving cert, you're coming up to that age, or if you're a parent of a leaving cert, I'd really advise you to, to listen in. Um, really solid advice. Really good lad. Um, and, and just shows how much the GA means to him as well. And uh, here's a little insert here now. And one tradition we have: uh, you 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 work hands on in the Aussies with the the Lennon Cup team. There you, what are you five years now over them. Ever since I came into the school uh, back in 2014, I kind of took took the senior team and had it had it ever since. Now we didn't get to play last year. And probably will not get to play this year. Well, touch wood, we will. Mm. But it's, oh, it's, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love seeing boys mad to mad to play with the Lennon Cup. The Lennon Cup has this kind of status in loud, where it's kind of like Friday Night Lights, where you know it's it's the big thing. It's the this is it's the Lennon Cup, or I'm playing the Lennon Cup, and mm. there's the all there's the all stars in conjunction with DPIT, and it's just it's seen as this this prestigious event, and it's brilliant. It's amazing. It gives lads to kind of first years you look up to six years playing Lennon Cup football and maybe they want to be on that pathway and it keeps them interested. Like having that sort of status 
with a cup, I think it's it's brilliant for for young footballers. Yeah, it's it, it's now when you say it, like it is a really big deal to to have. It's probably the rivalry comes into it, but there's probably teams of an even keel across it. Like there's no super school, like say the Pats Navan or the Pats in Cavan as well. You know, there's there's it's very there's no kind of center of excellence school. Another try maybe to try and do that with a strategic review, but that probably adds to it that sort of competitiveness and like because it is a prestigious competition you want to win, especially at that age as well. Like when you're a minor or in around that age. Like I remember when I was in college, I was friendly with enough with one or two loud lads, and they'd be saying, "Geez, I played Lennon Cup when I was in, in sixth year," and I being a cab man, I had no clue what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. But when I came to work in Loud and kind of realised like the, the, what it has, this status, it's oh, it's brilliant. Like, and you have you have it's a great kind of you might have a player who plays for a, a lower level team, and it brings him to a higher standard of football. He might put them on the radar for county county managers or gets him playing with a different group of people where he can make. For example, I know I had a player who was playing with the Knicks last year who was playing senior football at, at mm-hmm. uh, Adam Rooney was his name. Okay. He maybe it was two years ago. He had played senior football when he was, you know, fifteen, sixteen. And that is such a huge jump for someone. Yeah. And being able to play Lennon Cup football and play at that standard was was brilliant for the likes of him where he could be with players of the same same age and kind of see where he he kind of ranked against them. Yeah, Joe Farley from Glen Emmett's formerly, formerly of the King's Court Stars. Um, very touching moments in that podcast as well. This week, another special guest as well. I know I mentioned the uh, the Loud Players podcast. I'm going to list out all the players and name all them throughout the years. Another, kind of, another podcast I've lined up. It's nearly a 90s team looking at the club football in Loud in the 90s with a special guest. Um, yeah, I think that's nearly everything went through. Yeah. Oh, I haven't mentioned the, the draw. The shame of last week. Um, apologies again. Um, completely a week ahead of myself in terms of getting work done busy house here at the moment and uh, with, with a big arrival nearly due but um, yeah so I, I was fully a week ahead of myself so the draw will be this weekend coming if you're listening on this uh, Sunday or Monday so get out and get your ticket I presume they're their uh, the twenty five thousand will mark will be hit. Um, hope you enjoyed that podcast. People have said that. I know I uh, I put the squeeze on a little bit too early, but they enjoyed the podcast with Eva Claire. And uh, that's last on this podcast. You can listen back to that. Um, yeah, that's everything. Yeah, transfer podcast. Um, Joe Farley, underage focus. Government announcement. We're not over the north yet. Christy, yeah, nice to touch on poor Christy Carney, and then. Uh, yeah, the draw. So, oh, also another another piece of news, and people do send in your news to me, and I get it. The Sean McDermott's looking for a manager this season in Mount Rush. Um, so, if you're interested, do get in touch with the club via their Facebook page or their social pages, and look to take over the Sean's for next season into 2021. Whenever that'll be, I do not know, but um, I'll be there in a big bad way. I can't wait for the this stuff to get ha- get going again. Can't wait for actual football games to get going. But look at hopefully there's enough there in it to keep you going and enjoy that that bit of talk on the on uh, Larry G. And if you want, you can listen up for for the course of a, of a couple of hours. Where someone said to me, um, 
you could you could listen to more loud and proud more loud ga talk um, on patreon.com forward slash loud and proud thanks very much for listening i will chat to you during the week and if you still haven't got your head around it the val andrews stephen kenny ireland loud rain do get in touch and i'll be more than happy to go into it in more and more detail for you good luck mind yourself and if you can mind yourself and someone else as well good luck bye bye Sing it loud and sing it proud today